You know, a wise man once said, they can take my pride, they can take my dignity, they can take everything I own, they can even take my freedom, but if I don't let them up here, they have nothing. Hi friend, welcome to the Cup of Chels podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Holden, the sober mentor, spiritual life coach, speaker, author, and intuitive guide. Around here, we value self-leadership and taking radical responsibility to create alignment in all areas of your life. This podcast was created to inspire and empower you while giving you tools to release toxic relationships and habits and create total transformation. Through the shades of sobriety, I guide you to come back to your natural state of being, creating inner peace, deep satisfaction, success, and ultimate freedom for total alignment. Use this time to get into the energy of big love, soak up the wisdom and magic, and let your curiosity lead you, taking what resonates and leaving the rest. Now, let's get into today's show. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Cup of Chels podcast. We are doing something a little differently here, and we are going live on Facebook for this beautiful interview that I have with my new friend, Jonathan Powell. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. It is something that it's not the normal conversation that we have on my show, but when I saw Jonathan pop up in a Facebook group and post about him wanting to share his story of being homeless and being an advocate for the homeless in Indianapolis, I truly just felt called to reach out to him and ask him to come on the show. So that's where we're at today. So Jonathan Powell, formerly known as Merch and also Jay Money, hey, hey, hey. He is an advocate (laughs) for all of the homeless people in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he does beautiful sidewalk chalk advertisements. He does some resell, and he also does free junk removal. So welcome to the show, Jonathan. I'm so excited to have you here. My goal is to educate people about homelessness. You know, it's a very stereotyped concept. The average person doesn't know anything about what a homeless person goes through on a day-to-day basis and and the challenges that they face. Yes, yes. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show because I really want to hear your perspective on everything. So Jonathan, to kind of kick us off, can you just paint us a picture really of how you became homeless, kind of where you lived and where you're at now? Just give us a little background. Okay, so I was homeless in the city of Indianapolis, Indiana for 10 years. I slept under bridges. I slept in tents. I was actually a part of a tent city for like a year. The first three years I was homeless, I was at the shelter. That was a complete insane asylum. I mean, it was Mm. nuts up in there. I had to get out. And that's why the last seven years that I was homeless, I was under bridges and I was in tents and things like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, mental illness was the main cause that I become homeless originally. But then, of course, you know, family just doesn't look out for each other like they used to back in the days, you know, especially my family. You know, my family was very poor. 
so, you know, I want to say the second time I become homeless, I want to say it's just because my family just didn't give a crap, you know. But then also the third time I become homeless was like, it was just financial struggle. I mean, just straight up. Mm -hmm. I had two jobs. It's like I was trying to put the pieces back together from the second time I was homeless. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were homeless for 10 years, living under bridges, living in tents, part of a tent city. You tried doing the shelter, you said. So how did you get to where you're at now and where are you living now? Well, it's all up here. It's all up here. You know, there's people that have done horrific things to me, robbed me. They've stole from me. They beat me up. I mean, really mistreated me. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, you know, a wise man once said, they can take my pride. They can take my dignity. They can take everything I own. They can even take my freedom. But if I don't let them up here, they have nothing. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. It's all a state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you at now? I got my own crib. Yeah. This is such a funny story on how I, I got my own place. During the COVID shutdowns, the homeless people were the most susceptible to catch the COVID-19. So the government, the local government here in the, in Indiana, they actually uh, took all the homeless people off the streets, put us in hotels for free. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and uh, once once we got in the hotels for free, we were guaranteed Section 8 for life. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. awesome. That's oh, awesome. God, man, that was a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I love this. So, Jonathan, I know that you're a big advocate on sharing really about homeless people and you know, really just your safety in general and homeless people, you know, being succumbed to other homeless people really stealing from them. And I know that this is a big story that you want to share. So I just want to give you the floor for a little while and just share with us what you've experienced as far as theft and, you know, anything else and how you see that we can help and be part of the solution and not the problem. Well, um, there's a lot of homeless people that steal from other homeless people because they're easy targets. And, and you know, they, they walk around in packs at nighttime trying to prey on other homeless people that have already fell asleep and they take their book bags. And that that book bag might have their ID in it. It might have their Social Security card in it. It might have their birth certificate in it. You know, getting holding on to your proper identification and. and so that you can get on your feet is so essential for homeless people. You know, I, I have actually some people from other countries and it took them nine years. You know, they were immigrants from other countries, from Trinidad, actually. And it took him nine years to get the specific information, uh, his identification from his home country. Hmm. That's how long it takes for immigrants to get their proper identification from their home country. If they're from a closer foreign country like Mexico, I think it's an average of like five or six years. But that's five or six years that somebody can't get a job. They yeah. couldn't even the homeless services because they didn't have identification. They didn't have 
their ID, didn't have a birth certificate, didn't have a social security card because they're from a different country. And it takes so long for them to get that identification. You know, I also want to cover one thing real quick. And it's that when I was homeless, women had it the absolute worst. There is a huge cycles of victimization and got homeless people preying on homeless people. You got the middle class preying on homeless people, homeless people preying on the middle class. And there's just like women in particularly, it's just like a lot of middle class people prey on the the homeless women for cheap sex, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But then the homeless people, they try to like pimp out the female homeless people for money so that they can have drug money, you know, stuff like that. They get the homeless women hooked on drugs so that they can use those hardcore drugs as a a tool to manipulate and control the female homeless person. Like me, I used to panhead all the time, you know, on the corners. I'd I'd have a sign, you know, I'd be uh, flying a sign to get some cash for food or whatever. Well, there used to be this homeless lady that would panhandle right down the street, just one block from me. And, and I, she was a hardcore panhandler. She'd be there like every day, just like me. I'd be on the corner. I would walk right past her. She'd be on the corner. And uh, I always wondered where her money was going because she was making more than me. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> so she actually would give all her money to this guy. He was a real POS. And that was her man or whatever. And he never, like, he would do nothing. She would make all the money and be sitting there for all day and her boyfriend's out getting high or whatever. And then he would come back with drugs and she would give him all her money so that she could get high or whatever. See, in the homeless community, they steal a lot of stuff because for drug money, you know, that's just the thing. They, yeah. I, knew, well, I knew this one guy, man, he, he took $50,000 worth of merchandise from the Indianapolis Circle Center Mall in one summer, just in one wow. summer, $50,000 of merchandise. Wow. You know? Yeah, drugs are a really hardcore thing. And I think, you know, when one, even if you do have the resources, you know, it can be hard to get off of that. So I don't know if you know this about me, Jonathan, but I'm a sober mentor. So I primarily deal with people that don't necessarily consider themselves addicts, but they're ready to give up alcohol or give up the substances that they use recreationally before it gets to a point where they become addicted to it. So, you know, it's so interesting how even, even when we do have these resources, even if somebody isn't homeless, you know, how that can be so consuming for us, you know, and like you said, it takes over our mental power and it takes over, you know, that mental state of how we view ourselves and who we think we are. And when we're giving that power away to drugs or to someone else, we're really prisoners to that person and to that substance too. So break every uh, chain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. A slave or do you want to be free? You know, and, and sometimes they don't look at it as, as simplistic as that, but that is what it comes down to. And if you're talking about cigarettes or weed and all that, those are gateway drugs. You know, you think it's okay to drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes, and then it just leads to other stuff. That's just what those drugs do, man. And, you know, it it becomes normalized. 
in their lives and in their mind. And, and then, you know, that's, and then it just gets out of control. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that the biggest one is alcohol itself too, because it's so normalized. You know, I think that because alcohol is legal, because it is cheap, 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 people can get drunk for nothing. And then that just opens up the gateway for them to make all kinds of, I don't want to say bad decisions, but poor decisions, you know, poor decisions for their life and everything. (laughs) So Jonathan, what do you see for yourself for the future? Like, where do you see yourself in a year from now, in five years from now? I'm going to get a business going. I want to get a, yes, ma'am. I would like to get a resale business going. Uh, I'm trying to get a source of unlimited free merchandise. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but I offer a free junk removal business because junk removal businesses can charge you an arm and a leg just to uh, come get a whole bunch of stuff you don't want. Yeah, yeah. Have a $2,000 refrigerator, stainless steel refrigerator that you don't want. And believe yeah. it or not, these junk removal companies gonna charge you an arm and a leg to come get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you yeah. see yourself resell of all kinds, like furniture, appliances, clothing. I've sold everything under the sun. Okay. When I was homeless, uh, they actually used to call me merch for merchandise. Yeah, uh, because I actually used to buy a lot of the stolen merchandise that they would steal mm-hmm. and I, I would resell it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been caught with my pants down a few times on that. You know, I, I bought like, you know, when the iPhone nine was like the newest iPhone out mm-hmm. <laughs> for real, I actually bought one for like 15, 20 bucks off wow. token and uh, off, off a drug addict. I'm sorry. Apologize about that off a drug addict. And basically I, uh, I was going to resell it, you know, well, a tracking device on that thing. It's like pinpoint accuracy. And this guy was following me around. He said, you got my phone. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you got my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I went inside a steak and shake right there at Maryland and Illinois. So I was sitting there. I said, dude, I don't have your phone, man. You're not, you know, whatever. I said, you're going to have to call the police. He said, okay, I'm calling the police. <laughs> and he ended up, uh, there was a female cop. She showed up and uh, she said, give me the phone. So I gave her the phone. She gave it to the wife of the guy that was like, you know, stalking me. He was harassing me too. And she gave her, her the phone. She goes, you got two tries to unlock the phone. They unlocked it the first try. <laughs> so I lost. 10 or 15 bucks, but it wasn't really much of a loss, but it hurt my pride a little bit as a resale guy, not being, you know, buying something and not being able to resell it. So it kind of, kind of messed with my resale pride a little bit. (laughs) Oh man. So you sent me, when we were talking, you sent me over a documentary that you were in called Under the Bridge. Can you just talk a little bit about that? So basically there was this young man I mean, he was like 17, 19, and there was a lot of people doing a lot of documentaries at the time, but he actually saw that there was value in a homeless documentary. There was a lot of documentaries going around, but he was the only one that wanted to make a documentary about that. And believe it or not, so he ended up doing really good. He sold a lot of uh, copies of his DVD 
to social security workers. See, there's a lot of professions in today's time. They're not properly trained to deal with homeless people. Mm-hmm. They're not properly trained to deal with homeless or drug addicts, mentally ill people, women that are pregnant. There's a lot of professions. They're just not properly uh, trained to deal with, you know, uh, different kind of people, you know. Uh, so that, that's, that's a real interesting concept. I, I hope that kind of man- manifests and resonate, uh, you know, with uh, some people that's listening. Because that that's a very important concept that I just just uh, shared with you. But um, you know, basically, when it comes to homelessness, there's a lot of discrimination. Like, there's been countless times I would I had a pocket full of money. You know, I was panhandling twenty four seven. You know, I was making like sixty to ninety bucks a day. You know, cash, money, <laughs> and free food. Okay, but uh, I'd go inside a restaurant and I'd pay for a meal or whatever. Now. Somebody in that restaurant doesn't know that I paid for a meal. All they see is that I got a bunch of book bags and I got holes in my T-shirt. Oh, this is a homeless guy. They profile mm-hmm. for homeless people, man. I, you know, we we have a very distinctive look about us because we got luggage. We got book bags. We got our hairs all messed up. I mean, you know what I mean? So we got a certain look about us. So uh, this person, I guess it was the manager or whoever, they walk up to me and they're like, you can't be sitting here. You can't just be hanging out here. You know, and I'm like, dude, I, I paid for a meal, bro. He's like, well, if you already ate it, you got to go. <laughs> He's like, if you already ate your meal, you got to go. You can't just hang out here. I was like, dude, I'm still waiting on my food, bro. <laughs> I was still, I, my food hadn't even came in, came to the table yet. Like, he's like being rude and nasty with me. I used to go in stores to like go shopping you know, to resell stuff, you know, I'd buy stuff, resell it. If it's cheap enough, if it's on clearance or something like that, you know what I mean? Buy the bulk discount, whatever. So I'd go in these stores and I'm shopping around and sometimes the managers, they'll follow me around. They're following me around the store. Like they're following me around. And I'm like, dude, is there something I can help you with, man? You've been following me around since, since I come in here. He's like, I know you're homeless. And, uh, you know, if you steal anything, I'll call the police. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, dude, I, I got a pocket full of money, bro. I, I don't need to steal, bro. Like, hey, I, I pay for stuff. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, you know, it, it's just, it, and like, this is what I was saying about it being a very stereotyped thing. You know, almost people are very stereotyped. And, uh, you know, they think this is the stereotype. They're all on drugs. They're too lazy to work. None of them have jobs. <laughs> that's what they think, bro. But that's not yeah. the truth, you know? So. Yeah. Just like, I mean, just like anybody else, like we all have our own story. We all have our own past. And, you know, it's, we've ended up where we've ended up, you know? And we can also do our best every single day to try to make better of our lives and make better of ourselves too, you know? And just like, just like what you're doing, trying to, you know, get the word out about homelessness and paint a different picture for people. Let them know that you are human too, because I think we can dehumanize the homeless as well, you know? And unfortunately that it's just not cool. It's not cool at all. And it's not what we were made to do. You know, it's not what God wants of us. And what I believe is that we're, yeah, like what I believe is that we're all loved. We're so supported. 
we're deeply connected. And the more that we remember that we can extend that love and that grace and that compassion to everybody else around us, you know, and we can remove this piece of judgment because really there's nothing to judge. Like there's nothing to judge. So you want to hear a concept? Sure. If you're a child of God and heaven is your home, but you're here on earth, you're homeless. You're homeless. That's true. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. See, what homelessness is, is a, in general concept, it's changing because we're at a state of technological, you know, homelessness could be, if you're sleeping in a Ferrari because you don't own a home, uh, right. you're homeless. If you're in a hotel because you don't own a home, guess what? You're homeless. You're sleeping on your mom's couch and your mom has a 20 bedroom mansion. Hey, guess what? You're homeless. See, homelessness is a very stereotype concept, but but also it's changing because you know, like homeless people these days, man, we got cell phones. Hey, we got laptops. I mean, it's changing. You know, we and you know that's the thing. Like they have so many abandoned houses that are just nice, like mm-hmm. really nice vacant properties. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, you're homeless, but uh. You're sleeping in a four bedroom vacant property, <laughs> waiting for it to, you know, what, what's going on? Yeah. Well, Jonathan, it has been such a pleasure to have you on and for you to share your story with us. And like I said, we're, you know, we're live on Facebook right now, but this is a podcast episode. And so it will air in just under two weeks. So people okay. can re-listen to it anytime. I know you've got some some friends from church and some other friends, you know, tuning in, hopefully tuning in now, but they will be able to listen to the podcast later as well. And I just want to open it up for any final thoughts, any final words of love that you want to share with everybody before we sign off. So the, the war is never external. Hmm. It's internal. Yeah. Yeah. So pick your battles, huh? Well, I mean, uh, you know, if you focus on the issues internal, that solves a lot of the problems. It's external. You got it. You got it, man. Yeah. That's so awesome. We love you. Chels. Is it cup of cup of like a cup of coffee? Cup of chels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cup of chels. Oh, Double Jonathan. Podcast. Yes, Double yes, yes. Facebook. That's right. Jonathan, thank you so much. I am sending you so much big love, my friend. Keep doing the good work. And I I hope that your resale business gets up and running, you know, soon. I mean, I know you've already kind of have experience with it, but your goals for the future, I'm just sending you all the good vibes and positivity on that, my brother. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, my friend, we totally did it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with me and listen in on today's show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review so you don't miss out on any of the magic and any of the goodness that I am bringing your way. 
If you know that this episode is going to be a great listen for somebody, then don't keep me a secret and be sure to share. Also, I love to celebrate with you in real time. So tag me at the Chelsea Holden on Instagram and Facebook and let me know you're listening in. Until next time, I'm sending you so much big, big love. Adios.